freelance mum, supporting talented mums everywhere. I started a women's group in, in my, uh, on my place of work, which I wouldn't do now, actually. I think um, single groups like that, single sex groups like that, it, it's, don't have as much impact as if you bring the men in as well, because we need the men to change stuff. So, you know, you need to get everybody on board and you need to make it a directive of the organisation. There's an admission you don't hear very often. Those are the words of Jane Woods. She runs personal development courses for women as part of her Renew You course. And she spoke to Laura Rawlings, who guest reported for Freelance Mum. And as I didn't do the reporting, I can confidently say I'm speaking without bias. It's inspirational listening. So pop the kettle on and turn the speakers up. I've mentioned before I've started out in social work, so I've worked with groups a lot. And when I was a probation officer, we did a lot of group work because group work was found to be more effective than one-to-one, helping people change their behaviour, particularly um, young offenders who didn't want their behaviour changed. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I did a lot of group work then, and I worked with a lot of women then when I was when I was doing that. And and then when I became worked into management, I wrote a piece for um, one of my management qualifications about the lack of women in management positions. This was about eight, 15 years ago. And although we were predominantly an organisation that employed women, very few of the senior managers, were well, none at that time of the senior managers were women. So I did a piece of work with Bath University on this. And I suppose it got me the label of the company feminist. <laughs> I'm very happy about being called a feminist. I'm, I'm really sad that when it went out of fashion for a while, people were very reluctant to call themselves that. So um, I began, I started a women's group in, in my uh, on my place of work, which I wouldn't do now, actually. I think um, single groups like that, single sex groups like that, it, it's, don't have as much impact as if you bring the men in as well, because we need the men to change stuff. So, you know, you need to get everybody on board and... You need to make it a directive of the organisation. So I was running these women's groups and then I started doing some training in our organisation for admin and support staff. That wasn't part of my role. I was interested in in working with them as part of a change programme we were going through. And we were using a programme written by somebody else, which was four four days, a lot longer. I thought, you know, we need a one-day one. So I, I wrote Renew You for women who really hadn't done this kind of thing before and I didn't want to scare them off and I just want them to have a really nice day when all they think about is themselves basically no particular end result in mind but just an opportunity to think and reflect what they want from life and it's it's just taken off like a dream it works so well people love it and although at the time because most of my social work experience obviously is longer term therapeutic work I didn't know if one day would do it but it seems to <laughs> so so what difference does it make for people then what, what do people get from the course okay. first of all well most studies you read about why women don't progress come back to lack of confidence for women and I have my view on that is that the world of work and business as it exists now has been designed by men for men not not necessarily deliberately I'm not saying that in an accusatory tone but most of so when I work with women they're often lacking in confidence about their abilities and I said it's not because I think women per se lack confidence it's because we're struggling to achieve in a world where most things are rewarded if they're from a male bias so you know it it took us a long time to realize that we were all institutionally racist because we were so set in the mold of you know white middle class type of behavior um, so that we didn't realize that we skewed everything we biased it and I think the same is true with the world of work most organizations work very well for men 
they don't work that well for women and well the, the management qualification I was talking about earlier when I did that a lot that was a, a while ago I'm 58 so it's quite a long time ago but a lot of the qualities and traits that were applauded were things like being aggressive being able to tell people the way it was done and they're not particularly feminine traits of course women can be aggressive but a lot of the researchers women use different ways of communicating and doing things and they're not valued well it's like in the in the press just today actually at the day when we're doing this interview there was a piece and they're saying scientists have unlocked the secrets in men's and women's brains and they found that one of the things they've it does feel like we're going back to men are from venus women are from mars or the other way around but that men actually are more likely to take risks Mm. and Mm. it kind of goes back to Mm. this thing that there may really be a difference in the behaviours of men and women there is, I think there are differences Um, and that's fine, I have no problem with there being differences, what I have a problem is is that one gender is valued more highly than the other and you just think come on you know, (laughs) why should that be in this day and age and so feminine type traits have always been downplayed and at a certain point in time particularly during the 80s if you wanted to get on you had to as a woman you had to behave like a man and that's ludicrous and that's quite hard to sustain so if you're in that kind of environment your confidence will get knocked or you end up behaving like a man you're not being true to yourself so the renew you course although it doesn't major hugely on that type of um, scenario it is about boosting women's confidence and getting them to think about what they're good at and we, and we very much adopt the principles of appreciative inquiry so it isn't which is about focusing on what's good it isn't about having a whinge and a moan or you know getting sucked into negativity it's not about that at all um, it is about actually thinking about things you can do where you've had successes you know things that might have been holding you back but but doing something about it and then we move on and get them to plan think about the next 12 months and things they want to do can you share one top tip that you might give to people one of the things that you know can make a difference uh, well I tell you one of the things that I absolutely know makes a difference from coaching is women uh, routinely don't apply for promotion until they know their current job inside out they'll hang around for a couple of years in a post men oh, I'm generalizing wildly because there are different exceptions to this rule both ways men will generally take a punt on a job even if they haven't got all the qualifications and even if it's two or three grades above what they're doing they'll have a go Um, and then when they get the job they'll ask for more money and I I was coaching a really excellent woman um, a year or two ago and she worked in quite a male-dominated field of logistics and she had applied for a job and they'd made her an offer and I and I just I said to ask for 20 grand more it was a high-flying job and she said I can't. I said, you can, do it, just do it. What have you got to lose? I've offered you the job. Just start. And she asked and she got it. And we all know that the salary you start with is really crucial yeah. because you cannot yeah. go, you know, Absolutely. you're not going to go down, but no. it's not going to... No. And it's also that thing about putting a marker down, saying, I think I'm worth this. Even if they say no, you've said, I think I'm worth this. So I've kind of given you two tips there, really, which is go for it. Go for a job. What the hell, you know. Um, we need to kind of, I think as women sometimes we take it more personally a rejection for a job than than some of the guys do we need to kind of externalize that a little bit and toughen up in that respect and just see it as a as an experience to learn from go for these jobs put yourself out there and indicate your value and sadly a lot of the way the value is is given is by the salaries that people are paid so you know always up it And how have you managed to set up a business to do this? Also to have a a successful career in various different spheres and manage the rest of life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I think I don't. Because you're married, you're I a mum as well. I am, I'm married, I have two kids. And, and um, I, I grew up in a very working class background. And I was born in 1955. And, and at that time, girls were not really expected to do very much. And I, I was lucky enough to go to an all-girls school. And I say that because I think they, all-girls schools do better by girls. Mixed schools do better for boys. So there's a, kind of <laughs> there's a bit of a catch-22 there. But I went to an all-girls school that... Um, it was it was a tension there because I came from a very working class background. I went to this very middle class school that was trying to kind of you know drag me on, um, but they 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 taught me a lot and I did sociology A level there, which was very new. This was in seventy one or something. I can't remember. Very unusual, and I read a book called Education and the Working Class, which was a standard textbook in sociology. Then it's probably well out of date now, and that talked about how. Um, the education system was very skewed towards middle class, so people, if you had books at home, you had parents' answers. And of course this resonated very much with me, who had come in from a totally different background. And then I also read something about the 11 plus. I don't know if you remember or ever know about the 11 plus, which was a test kids had to take at 11. And um, it said more girls and boys passed the 11 plus, so they had to alter the pass rate, so more boys would pass than girls. And I, I can absolutely tell you that is the day that I became a right full-on feminist. <laughs> that and having two younger brothers as well. I just thought, this is just ridiculous. This is just crazy. And, and that happens a lot all the way through. That, but because, you know, the, 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 the theme was that boys should do better than girls and that their education was more important, so they, they skewed it. So I, so I grew up with that. And my father was also a very strong trade unionist. And so the concept of fairness and equality was very rife in my background. And I, I guess that kind of toughened me up a bit. I mean, I've had my very inconfident, unconfident moments. But going off to university helps, you know, mixing with a different group of people. And then um, if I, <laughs> speaking as a feminist, I do have to give due credit to my husband, who is just fantastic. So he, um, we met at university, he had a degree. When... Um, we moved to this area from London it was for his job and I, we wanted to start a family and I am of the age when I had to stop working each time I had a child there was no um, op- op- option to go back to work or anything and, and in a way part of me is quite pleased by that because I think that's a very difficult decision for women to have to make and it's if I ruled the world it's one of the things I'd change <laughs> <laughs> so, so we moved down here and then he was teaching and then he joined the fire service when our second child was born and after that, the folk, because of the shift pattern, he, he was kind of right behind me in my career. And that's when I started to apply for jobs and, and move on up. And I got to a point in management when I thought, I just don't feel like I'm helping anybody anymore. This doesn't feel right. And all I could focus on then was getting out rather than what I wanted to do instead. And then suddenly I had the idea that actually what I wanted to do was work with people and help help people achieve and not not necessarily achieve in standard terms but do whatever it is they wanted to do have the confidence to do that and he supported me and I was the main money earner but he gave me huge support and I left work and started out freelance and I took I did it gradually over a year because work didn't want me to go at first so I took a day worked four days for them a day for myself and three days two days for myself and gradually did that and um so I did that, and then the second thing that has really been um, amazing is social media and using social media. And that, once I kind of got the hang of doing that, 
my career just took off. The business just took off. and Because people knew about you and you can do that yeah. from anywhere and in between any other jobs you might be doing. Absolutely, you can just do it anywhere and journalists ring me up and ask me for quote. I mean, <laughs> just only last, last month I featured in a slimming article, which, shame you can't see me, but I'm not slim. And, and this journalist asked me, would I, would I give my hints and tips for women on slimming? And I said, I don't know if you're going to like what I say because I will give you my feminist perspective on that, which is it's a load of dosh <laughs> and that you know the, the world is full of airbrushed pictures of women and blah, blah blah and you'll never be able to achieve that level of perfection so just ignore it just forget about it aim to be healthy mm. um, and that's a much better aim to have but you know to achieve this idealized image of perfection which the admin exactly which the admin are pushing us to do and then I said and my, my other tip is it's sadly still relevant. Read Fat is a Feminist Issue, <laughs> which is a book by Susie Orbach. It's about, I guess it must be 15 years old or something, I'm not sure. Um, I said, but it's still relevant, sadly. And I didn't think they'd put it in, but they did. <laughs> well, I quite respect that. That's good. Do you think that two people can have, that two people in a household can have successful careers at the same time and have a family? Yes. It sounds like you yeah. kind of... When in waves yeah, I think it can. I think it can. I mean, I'm fortunate in a way, I suppose, that my husband so loved being a firefighter that he, he j- absolutely found his metier and he just adored it. And the shift system, although potentially awkward, meant he had three days off at a time. And so between us, we were able to... And I, and I had my mum and dad living nearby, so that was great. So they could help. But... I've just come back from Norway and the Scandinavians have got this cracked and we went across to see my niece who's just had a baby and she's a pharmacist and she's in a very highly paid job and he's an engineer in a very high powered job and I said how are you going to manage the baby business then and she said oh well I've got all this leave and I'm on full pay and then I will probably go back three days a week and then Magna her husband he will take two days a week because we can transfer and swap parental leave around and so the first year is covered fine and you just think there's there's streets ahead of us and my sister-in-law is Danish and when I tell her sometimes some of the thing, the work that I do and the campaigns I get involved in, like No More Page 3 and those types of things, and having a woman on British banknotes, which I won't go into because I'll go off on one, um, she just looks at me and, really? You know, it's just we're so far behind. So it's definitely possible. The thing I'm, I think the thing that particularly young women need to do is think about the baby thing very early on. And because once you get the hormone surge... <laughs> Once you want a child, you want a child. Um, so I think you need to have that kind of thought about how you're going to manage that in your career. And if you're with a partner, with your partner, how are you going to manage that together well before that urge kicks in? Because then it's, it is overwhelming, I think. When you want to have a baby, you want to have a baby. And then when you have it, there's this overwhelming surge. Um, and of course, society places massive expectation on the women that they don't place on the men. Mm. So it, it's tricky. And you said that if you could change the world, you mentioned that you used that phrase, oh, that's one of the things I would change if I could rule the world for a day. What would you do if you could? I've asked quite a few women that I've interviewed this question myself because I I have a course called Women Ahead that I do. And and one of the things in it is 
what would you do differently if if women if if just imagine how the world would be if it was the other way around and women actually had been in the ascendancy and made all the rules um, and I, and I think probably the one thing I really really would change that would make the most massive difference is what we've just talked about the way um, maternity and childcare is addressed right through childcare all the way through I think I would change that because that's the biggest um, hurdle to women progressing because that normally happens in the early 30s and that's when careers take off that's when you know people are surging ahead so I think I would I would change that I would make that different I'd also ban page three <laughs> that's two things I know I'm just sneaking another in one in senses. there <laughs> cool there's a question what would you do if you could rule the world for a day just the one day now let me think Laura Rawlings, guest reporting there, and thanks ever so much for your time. Uh, guest reporting for Freelance Mum, and that was Jane Woods sharing her insights and empowering listen as well. If you'd like to get in contact, please do drop me a line. It's hello at freelancemum.co.uk. To share your story, send an email to hello at freelancemum.co.uk.